what you know about it. It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And there's room a lot. Big Trouble in Little China. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Bow, bow, bow. We have... We're no, there's no Stewie here today. R.I.P. Stewie. It's been a while since we've done an R.I.P. Stewie. He's on the grind. Yeah, poor guy's working hard. Actually doing food stuff as he <laughs> as opposed to talking about it, actually mm-hmm. making food stuff. Um, that is correct. But you know, he's in our he's in our thoughts and our dreams. Um, so it's just Andre and I today. What's up, Andre? Hi everybody. It's Friday afternoon. Hi, Jason. Hi. It is Friday afternoon. It's Friday afternoon. Squeezing this in because we don't want to lose the momentum of keeping these pods going. Yeah, this is hard for me to do this right now. I'm having a busy day. Busy weekend. It's my birthday on Sunday. Crazy busy weekend for you. I mean, yes and no. It's as it's as crazy busy. I mean, I you know, it's not like I have a actual crazy job, right? But you know, it is. There's a lot going on. There's the argument too that like freelance versus nine to five can be crazier because you don't know when to stop or when to stop worrying mm. or when to stop working, especially when you're working on projects that don't have any deadlines or mm-hmm. trying to wrangle cats to get the work done i mean i don't know yeah you don't have a day job but i think you work as hard <clears throat> Andre, <coughs> thank you so much you're welcome you made me feel you're better so about welcome myself. you're a rock star right Sometime, now am i being a rock star right now for the audience at home rock star is my trigger word when somebody calls me a rock star i start to shut down <laughs> you don't you don't just get angry you do a, sh- a shutdown it depends on the situation. It's either blind rage or shutdown, one or the other. You definitely make the list when you call me a rock star. You're a rock star right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been getting triggered a lot lately. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, like the word triggered came out to me like a few months ago, I guess. People started saying it like as a, a trigger warning for a feeling or an emotion. Like when you see something that reminds you of something, it triggers you. Yes. And I was like, that's just like a dumb millennial thing. And now like 30 times a day, I'm just like, I'll mentally be like, I'm being triggered. Triggered. <laughs> hashtag triggered. Um, I had a friend good. whose kid was at like three years old or four years old and started biting in um, like his daycare. Fighting and in his daycare? Biting. Biting. Like biting. Biting kids. Okay. Like, <laughs> like their style or like their flesh? <laughs> their flesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they taught him before he bites that you need to say, help me. And that means like I'm having a hard time, you know. So they, they felt like the biting was coming from frustration or right. something. that. So like you say, help me. And then, you know, adult comes and talks to you and goes, what's going on? Are you okay? So you do that before you bite is okay. what they kind of taught him. Okay. But then they realize like half of the day he'd just be going, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they had to work backwards from that, which I was. So he is, he is in a penitentiary <laughs> yeah, facility no. right now. No, it's a whole, he's on a documentary about, you know, Right. Death row inmates that are sure. under eighteen. 
There's a movie. The whole... They did a documentary about him. It's called Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> yeah. where he has got the full the full the full face mask kit. <laughs> Let's talk about food triggers. Um. Yeah. I mean, I wish. Whenever I was, whenever it was like two eighteen in the morning, and I have a hankering for a burrito, I could just say "help me," and then an adult would come <laughs> over and tell me not to not to do that. Would pour you a glass of water and then just big spoon you till you fall asleep, and keep I you mean, from eating that El Flame and pastrami burrito. I think we. I mean, like I've my only real food trigger. It literally it just comes from. It's either out. It's only alcohol related. Right. So I'm only No, no, no. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. We'll keep going. I'm and only we'll come back. I'm only getting triggered if I'm if I have been drinking and then I choose to make a poor food decision while under the influence of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't do that, then I'll wake up the next day feeling hungover and then I will also be making a poor food decision like instead of you know, having a nice Whole Foods piece of salmon and some and some greens and a kombucha. I'm gonna postmates, you know, some dumb thing that will come to my house. Like, and and that's never good. Do you find that um, medicine, California style medicine, doesn't make you do those bad food decisions? You talking about a jazz cigarette? Yeah, I'm talking about a jazz cigarette. No, jazz cigarettes do not make me actually it, I'm talking about grass hitting the grass um yeah i don't do it too often mom but i have done it before and it uh when i was younger it would give me the munchies for yeah. sure but yeah, now yeah. but now as an adult it, it's almost the exact opposite i don't get the munchies from from grass it makes me more aware of what i should and shouldn't be doing so I'm unable to like if I hit a little grass like I will do all I will, I'm extra responsible like I will brush my teeth twice as long interesting instead of instead of making a poor food decision that's the night you floss is when you mess with the devil's lettuce yeah 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 well I mean I floss in the morning only but like sometimes you've you've had a long day especially if you are hitting hitting the sauce alcohol and you come home and you're just like, oh, you just want to like lay on the couch and pass out or, you know, whatever it is, watch a movie and fall asleep. The last thing you want to do is all of your nightly rituals that you should be doing. You're, you're probably right. not going to wash your face and brush your teeth perfectly and light a candle and you're lay out not, your jammies and stuff. Yeah, you're just going to go. 15 f- minutes of stretching is not happening. Yeah, you're before not going to do your, your evening yoga reflections. Yeah. No. You're just you're doing a face plan on the bed and passing out. Going to be an empty journal entry when you wake up in the morning that <laughs> yeah. night. There's going to be a blinking cursor on a, on a blank page. <laughs> um, yeah, but with the with the jazz cigarette, I'm doing it all, baby. I'm brushing my teeth for 30, 40 minutes. I was thinking of trigger more like what angers you when you see something food wise, like at a restaurant, mm. at an event, at a somebody says something like food triggers, as in like what anger? I got. I, I have a good one that okay. angers me. Yeah, yeah. Cupcake pops. Yeah. Cake pops. Cake pops. Just had them at the at the thing we shot in um, in San Francisco. Not much is worse than that in the world of food for me. There were like 200 cake pops, and I would say 80% of them went into the trash. <laughs> like people picked them up and just threw them away. <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't, I really don't understand cake pops. I mean, they they I don't had like a moment. Cakes or desserts to begin with, so right. I, I'm not. 
That's not my brand of whimsy, but I just don't understand. Yeah, I mean, the cake, it's, there's too much frosting. The cake inside is just so... And the amount of work that goes into making a cake pop versus the, the finished project, product is just such a waste, in my opinion. When you could be making... Uh, you, you could be putting all that work into a handmade artisanal... Any other thing, like, for instance, I had today at Proof Bakery a handmade artisanal Fig Newton. Yes. The Fig Newton was $2 for one single Fig Newton, which is obviously a lot of money. Larger than your the normal Yeah, Nabisco. it was like twice the size of, okay. a, of a Fig Newton. But it, it, but it was, but, but like, you know, all the ingredients were top-notch. It was farmer, farmer's market figs that were just excellent and like a beautiful puff pastry kind of bread situation and it yeah. was fantastic that's that's what it, that's what it should be going down ass i'm trying to think actually this kind of yeah this organically came about as a topic so I, I don't have food triggers prepared. when the food is not organic that's a big trigger right. for me speaking of i think i said it before but oh you're you also you're a queso with the nacho man is that a trigger for you no 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 no. that's not a trigger that doesn't make me angry because i completely understand there's two separate camps one trigger for me is when i get a pizza and the crust isn't stuffed (laughs) oh there's no hot dog to be found anywhere in the crust or like when you go to moza and you ask for a side of ranch and they don't have it and you're like what the Or when you're like at Key Spaca and you're just like more and they're like, sir, you're not allowed here. You've been banned from this place for two years. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. oh, that bums me out. You get banned a lot. Um, I oh, would, one thing I, oh, here's another one. I got a real one. Okay, I'm going to do one real one yeah, and then you go. Yeah, yeah. Popcorn that's shelf-stable shelf popcorn. Like oh. when you buy popcorn Ugh. in a bag. Oh. no. I can't. I can't. The worst. It. Or, or or popcorn that you pop, and then like you have movie night at your when you're a kid at your at your house with your family. Assuming that you have one of those. If you're not, if you what don't, a family. If you don't have a family, if you don't have a family, you probably aren't listening to a podcast, yeah, no. right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the internet is. Um, but you know, you have a little movie night. You pop some popcorn, and then the next day, somebody will wake up and like, and then just munch some of that cold cold popcorn the next day a lot of people do that it's pretty normal i do that for me it's nothing is more disgusting than eating <gasps> that no way something of something it something triggers me in it where I, it has to, if i'm gonna have a popcorn it's got to be a fresh a pop fresh a nice a warm popcorn no i respect that but i'm definitely not only not grossed out but i'm that guy who has a handful before he throws it away the next morning mm-hmm. he's like mm, oh popcorn mm-hmm. hello well no if i make like a Brewer's yeast, like herbed popcorn, no. But if it's a straight buttered style, salted popcorn, I'll have a handful in the morning for sure. All right, Feed some to the dog. What's one of those real tricks for your dog? When you get eggs Benedict and <laughs> it's not a runny poached egg, it's not a perfectly poached egg, it's like poached kind of medium. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like gooey, but it doesn't run, it's going back. Well, for me... And I'm not a big send food back guy, but that's when the food goes back. I'm like, eh. well, And usually they're pretty cool about it because they're like, yeah, we get it. I actually look at that as a blessing in disguise to get more egg. Because whenever <laughs> I order an egg somewhere and I want a runny yolk and the yolk is not runny, I'm like, let me get... I need to get a runny yolk. And then they, when they go to take the plate away and send it back to the kitchen... Uh, every time I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Just have them just bring out a little plate with like a two poached eggs and I'll just do it. 
so that way you get four eggs. Or what about if you just eat a bunch of hash browns before you send it back and hope that they're going to replenish the hash browns like Ooh. a new plate? Oh. So you're doubling down on your starch? I just did that actually last week. I went to, I went to a restaurant, ordered a salad. They brought the wrong one, and I knew it was the wrong one, but I took like four bites of it and then told them. I was like, I don't think this is the right salad. Yeah, no, no, no. It tastes, I've definitely it like, different. I've definitely done that with food that I knew I was going to send back and just be like, I'm just going to eat the good parts real quick and see if they just give me a brand new one. Because they can't, they can't resell it. No. They're just going to, like, a eh. chef is going to eat it. I mean, it <laughs> depends on what you're eating. I think House of Pies might actually, like, stash some of the hash browns on the side and throw it back on yeah, the if, plancha. If you, if you send back your El Pollo Loco situation, yeah. they it may not go in the trash. There's a good chance they're going to redo that one. Um, more food triggers. Oh, okay, maybe we'll come back to it if I think of mm-hmm. one. But, um, but there's, I mean, also like annoying things, food trends. Poke is starting to become a trigger to me. Starting to get over the poke. Uh, oh my god, it's like I love eating it when it's good, but I'm just like so tired of driving by place because I mean, there's a piece on NPR tonight about like this. Poke it's piece. a food trend that is depending on how they're sourcing the fish is not sustainable. It's also. 90% of the places are lying to you about what the fish you're actually getting is. Mm. Ahi's not going to be ahi. Albacore's not going to be albacore. It's mm-hmm. like just going to be a bunch of white fish. Right. Like, so it's all, it's all tilapia. Yeah. And it's, now it's like, so, yeah. It just, it, I, I find that to be a really annoying trend. Like bagels in the 90s, that's fine. You mm. know, and it's like, ooh. Juice, yeah, but like the pressed the, juice, fine. But like the poke thing is like, well, this is, this is something very different. Yeah, I, I think poke, that is a weird thing because you'll go and, like, here's a big-ass bowl full of raw, fresh, sushi-grade fish with avocado and rice and all these fixes and sides and seeds and sauces and thingies, and it's, like, eight fifty, and you're like, it shouldn't be this cheap. It like, should be I'm a glad little that bit it is. more. I'm glad that it is right, so right, cheap, right. but, like, it makes you question. Yes. You know, it's like when you buy, when you're, like, why is this Bentley on Craigslist for thirteen thousand dollars? You're like, what? <laughs> something's something's fishy. There's a body in this trunk. Yeah, yeah. Like there, I, I, you know what? We need to have a Carfax for fish. Ooh, fish facts. Yeah, <laughs> that the future is now. The pesk report. Mm. The pesk report. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like the 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 poke hit so hard, and now that summer is coming to an end. And winter, winter is coming. There's to, gonna to quote the throne. <laughs> there's gonna be a fish stew. There's gonna be a fish stew trend where everybody's like, eh, "Well, I mean, I, I think I think Chipino, Chipino is the new poke Chipino. for six months." Yeah. Well, I mean, b- between between the winter coming and people just getting so burnt out on poke, like this could be the one-two punch that puts the nail in the coffin. Yes. In the pokey coffin. This makes sense. I could see it. But, you know, I hope not because... Let Mother Nature take care of it. Let the seasons dictate the horrible trends. Yeah, because poke thrives in Hawaii where it's just always nice. Oh, yeah. But that's also... The funny thing about poke in Hawaii is you don't see it everywhere. It's like... Mm -hmm. You don't see huge signs advertising it. There's like little markets that sell it and it's not hard to find. But it's not like this. It's all, it's, yeah, and it's usually right near the beach. And all the poke places have the same stupid branding and kind of signage for the most part. I mean, I think mm. Ohana poke doesn't fall into that trap. I'm talking about all like the 
the Johnny Jump Off new spots that are like, oh, mm-hmm. last year we were a Bon Me place, and before that we were this place, and we're, now we're a Poke spot. We're nine hundred two one Poke. Yeah, like is it Zen Sushi? This yeah, sushi yeah, place yeah. it's not that great mm-hmm. next to my house in Los Feliz, and now there's a huge sign that's like now serving Poke. Right. It's just like God damn it, like stop, just stop <laughs> making bad things and figuring out what you can do that's good. Yeah, that's always that's another trigger is when a restaurant puts up a giant sign or banner. That is a trigger. That's when that's that's just such like a we don't know what why we're failing and surely the only reason that our business is not doing well is because people just don't know about us. No, it's yeah, it's the laziest version of what are we doing wrong? It's like every Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares. They're never like, oh, let's change how we run our restaurant, how we run our back of the house. Let's change how we source. Let's serve good things and let word mm-hmm. of mouth build. It's like chimichangas are really popular. We should add chimichangas to our Italian menu. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's a little bit of laziness, but it could also be more of your, your ego and pride getting in the way because like, this is your restaurant. This is your baby where I have put all of my hopes and dreams into it. I planned the menu and the decor, and I made the uniforms and the logo, and I got a good guy to make a website, and everything I did is perfectly right, and for some reason my business is still failing. So instead of admitting that I have not maybe done what I needed to do, it's it's somebody else's fault. So I'm going to get a big, ugly sign that says, like, I'm number one on top 10 restaurants of 2014 in Yelp dot blah, 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 whatever, you know? It's but just like a desperate claw for help. I also picture, uh, you know, a restaurant, which is a hard business. I, I recognize mm, how hard cuvee, it is. Cuvee is much better chilled. <laughs> but I, f- I just picture, like, some horrible consultant going in with, like, a pitch and, like, a PowerPoint about, like, how poke sales are up, like, 200% mm-hmm. in the last six months. And that's... You hired me to... To inject Ooh. something new in your business, you're now serving poke. They're like, really? We're at Philly cheesesteak places. Like, now you're Philly cheesesteak and poke. Mm-hmm. There you go. And it's like, what? Uh, All right. Like when we were like when we were kids, and and where every place you went to also sold pogs out of nowhere. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Same kind of vibe. Like a batteries and more and pog and Magic the Gathering store. Yeah, but but when when pogs die, you you invested like. $380 in pogs and then you just like sell them and then you're done with it but when like you change your entire business plan and and life savings and dump it into this other fly by night trend that's when it really stings I mean to a degree it's not even a trigger too it's also just basically a giant advertisement to not eat there mm-hmm. where you're like oh you guys are doing poke oh yeah so you guys are obviously hurting everywhere else and not executing well on everything else you do so yeah, I'm not going to go here at all. <laughs> True that. Well, uh, hey, that's one reason why the, the food game is so tough. Um, there was the, the, that place, Raku, in West Hollywood yes. on La Cienega. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, our, uh, I still have never been. They have a uh, they have a new ben- uh, they have a new bento box Woo! that is lunch only very crazy. Um, I think it's lunch only, but it's like the most expensive 
<laughs> it's like the most expensive bento box I've ever seen. Um, Zach Zach Brooks, our our friend of the pod, above fifty. No, it's like thirty. Thirty. Okay. But I mean, that's an expensive bento box. But in the grand scheme of nice Japanese lunches, that's not outrageous. It looks amazing though. Um, but it, it's like thirty dollars, and it, it does has, it come with a soda? I don't know. If, I don't think it comes hmm. with the soda. Hmm. It comes well, with, then it's pretty expensive if it doesn't come with the soda. It comes with the miso, but but I feel like it's a little like like today for lunch. I had a bento box from a place in my, in my neighborhood, Ozu East Kitchen. I like that bento box a lot. Where I, it was nine dollars and big old scoop of brown rice, some confit chicken that was really nice. Mm. Um. A really nice farmer's market salad that had like fennel and carrots and radishes in it. Um, some house pickled veggies, like it was, it was pretty cool. But it was, and $9. it was, it was nine dollars, and that's right. kind of what you want in a bento. But like this one that I'm looking at here, here I'll show you a picture of it. It's just like it's a full. Oh my! It's a full kit. It's like a Thanksgiving dinner for. I would absolutely. I mean, I would try. I would. Be more than willing to pay thirty bucks once for this and see if I liked it that much. I mean, it's yeah. gorgeous. But I feel like the whole idea of the bento is like it's meant to be sort of like a an affordable all in one little thing. I mean, is anything in that area really trying to be affordable other than a random Chipotle? Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean, you kind of it's kind of like going into Beverly Hills and being like, "God, these houses are really expensive." <laughs> Jeez, God, who's supposed to live here on a you know, on sixty grand a year, and it's like you're not supposed to live yeah. here for sixty grand a year. But I, I, I no, I, I agree. I think the tradition of bento box is like, you know, the more affordable lunchtime version of it. Which, you know, an elevated one, there's a place for it too, probably. Because I, mean, I don't. It's like getting a thirty dollar burrito. At a certain point, we should probably Google what bento means in Japanese because it might be might be like many things. <laughs> so this would technically be. I mean, the squared rice over seaweed is. Variant. This has to be the picture, then I guess for the stew. But it looks fan. Like, like, a bento is a single portion takeout or home packed meal common in Japanese cuisine, consisting typically of rice, fish, meat, pickled or cooked vegetables in a box shaped container. Got the tamago. Looks like some broiled salmon. That looks like too much food for one karagi, person. Karagi chicken. Yeah, I mean, it also is like if you killed this, you would go back to work asleep. Mm hmm. But the, then you can go to Sushi Gen and get the sashimi lunch special. And that's like 20, like, right? Or like, 22 or like something? Nine, yeah, it's like $20 and you have, there's more really Take good. fish to go. Yeah, the, yeah, I can't finish it. Or you split it with somebody, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier uh, on Tuesday, uh, a friend of ours had this pop-up restaurant at Pine and Crane in Silver Lake. Oh, did you go to that? I went to it, yeah. Yeah, I know you guys were texting about that. There was a lot I was of out of town. I would have, I would have loved to have gone because um, Pine and Crane is one of my favorite restaurants in LA, and I'm sure whatever they're curating is mm. amazing. There was one really interesting dish that that stood out to me, which was like, it was this really nice beef. I think it was kind of like a some type of hanger or skirt kind of situation that was almost like ripped or torn chunks, like mm. nice big chunks of it, and it was floating in a bowl of hot peppermint tea. 
What? Which is a wild combo. That is wild. I mean, there's a lot, there's also other stuff going on. Yeah, there. yeah. Like, there's other Asian seasonings going on, but that doesn't sound. That sounds extremely wild. It was nothing like I've ever had. But it also, to me, seems like it could be really good if it was done by somebody who knew what they were doing. Like it does. Like the idea. I mean, peppermint tea is interesting more as opposed to like a green tea, like an oolong or a jasmine. Mm-hmm. But I do like that idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's was a, it good or was it interesting? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, but yeah, it, but it was sort of like when you get when you get like a bowl of pho and then there's the the, the raw beef in there, mm-hmm. and it kind of like lightly poaches as it's brought to you, but in a mint tea. But like the combo of were there tea leaves still in it? Um, I don't think so. So Maybe. I'd imagine so. If it's like that, you would have to make the tea first, pull yep. the leaves out, mm-hmm. then bring the tea back to boiling mm-hmm. so you're done extracting so it's hot enough to then kind of poach the meat. Yeah, and serve it in like a, like a bowl or like a pot, clay bowl that yeah. can retain the, retain the heat. Um, but yeah, interesting combo. Mint. What else mint was there? What was so? What was the concept for the pop up? I just saw the name. And it, was it was just happening. like a. It was like a tasting menu of just sort of adventurous and bizarre stuff going on. The point was to be kind of wild. Yeah, there was like a lamb kid, or no, it was, no, it was like a pig's kidney kind of dish that was really interesting. There was. It was a real irony. It was pretty irony. Yeah, there was too like, much. Mm, no. But on the borderline, um, there was this like rice, rice, seafood rice porridge stew that had it's a big piece of uni that had like a nice piece of uni. Is that on a raw oyster? There. Um, I don't remember what that was. I think it was maybe an oyster or like I think they had some gooey duck, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Which I once pronounced geo duck, <laughs> which you have pronounced geo duck in the past, which is fine. Um, but it was. It was wild. You know, like, sometimes you really got to challenge that palate, baby, and get, no. some, get some far out flavors. I think, you know, I think that's a pop up is a fun way to do that. And if mm-hmm. it's not insanely expensive, I think that's kind of sometimes the spirit of, you know, trying new things or adventurous mm-hmm. eating or like, you, you know, like. And there's free beers. Well, just tight. All right. So it doesn't matter. You think it'd be beef jerky and then it'd be fine. <laughs> But I think, you know, that's the kind of mood and the sentiment, I think, when you're trying to, to get a little bit, a little bit wild. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, a crazy sit-down dinner that's really expensive and it's a tasting menu and they're really kind of pushing boundaries. To me, that's kind of like, I'd rather go with the hits if I'm going to make that kind of effort and money and time mm-hmm. and then experience something physically representative of the spirit of the food in a way that, like, free beer and a pop-up is like, yeah, let me try something kind of wild. Yes, and I think a good compromise, I think a good compromise for that is, is something that I'm going to next week um, at, at EP and LP, one of, one of my favorite spots in LA where they're doing... That's so cool. What time are we leaving? It's, uh, it's while you're going to be out of town. It's on Tuesday. So they're going to be doing a... They're bringing in like a New Zealand winemaker and they're doing a seven-course meal where every course is paired with a wine that's brought in from New Zealand but the menu is going to consist of of their hits but then they're going to be pairing it with like this kind of different more experimental wine stuff going on that's awesome and like I would also really like it if the only the they only had New Zealand servers 
<laughs> like they flew in a bunch of Kiwis Ooh, just yes. to serve the food. Yes. And, and like talkers. So you just constantly heard Kiwi accents the whole night? The whole room was just yeah. ablazing with, with my favorite accent in the plan, on in, the planet. In between the fourth and fifth course, there was like an impromptu rugby match that happened. Oh. Aussie rules. Like, uh, we're <laughs> Aussie rules. We're, we're actually losing money because of all the plane tickets we had to spend on <laughs> yeah. to bring out these servers. And <laughs> all the could... lawsuits we're going to have from the injuries that are happening from this rugby mm-hmm. match. Yeah, there's a lot of red tape. They could just hire some voice actors in LA, man, you know? <laughs> I know one. There you go. Um, a couple of days ago, I, I found... Is that open to the public? It is open to the public, yeah. You, you can go on their website, I think, and, and RSVP. It's like a, it's a limited... Limited edition. Limited edition. So don't go to it, guys, because I'm going to be there, and yeah. I don't want to see anyone. I want it to be just for me. I'm shutting the restaurant down for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. solo, solo shit. Calling it a bomb threat before I show up. <laughs> Um, a couple of days ago, I got to have a nice hangover meal at Halal Guys. Oh, nice. I finally went there. My, my, my pal Mike Benner took me over there. They were, in a ni- they were in a tight ship over there, man. Have you been? I have. <clears throat> I mean, it was pretty good. It wasn't amazing, but I was more um, intrigued by how efficient their whole business is. It's just like... One big ass flat top, bunch of bunch of meat on there, couple of couple of gyros with some meat on there, and they just like it's like Chipotle style, just like scoop, right. scoop, 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 scoop. But they don't here you go. Part of that part of that ability to do that is that they don't serve that many things either. Very true. Like when you've got a few items, you can really kind of make make the the Ford the Ford assembly line run smooth. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good example of a, a tightly run business model where like we do one thing that a lot of people like to eat. Yeah, it's and like that's it. It seems like it'd be boring to when work you get there. pupusas. Yeah. Then it's like, how do you just set up a little flat top on the street randomly off of a propane tank? It's like, oh, because I just do one thing, four types of it. And kind yeah, of like but also their, their one thing is. Is a straight up bowl full of all kinds of stuff: lettuces, rices, meats, sauces, white sauces, red sauces, hot sauces, all that stuff. Yes, but I did think it was tight. Yeah, somebody for sure. just rang the door. Who do you think it is? I don't know. It could be delivery, or it could be a friend. It's probably my friend. Well, um, unfortunately, we're going to have to cut this pod short, ladies what, and gentlemen. What's the, what's the time on it? We're a uh, half an hour. Half an hour. I know it sucks, but. We're we're lucky that we got any pod at all today. It's guys. true. Maybe if the mood strikes us, you'll get a second half of this pod after food and a couple of bottles of wine. Yeah, maybe you'll have a, you'll have the director's mm-hmm. commentary, or maybe next week we'll do an hour and a half. There Who's you go. To say? But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I've got a busy birthday weekend. Yeah, it was hard go. to squeeze this in. Sorry, I guys. DJ a bunch this weekend, and sorry to our two listeners. Lots of pods. We don't have two listeners. We have a shitload of listeners <laughs> all over the world, and they love us so much. <laughs> You guys are rock stars right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Best thing you ate all week. Shoot it off real quick, baby. Uh, you first. Best thing I ate was... What's it going to be? Oh. Trader Joe's tomato basil hummus and pita chips. While, while I was watching a movie alone, it was great. <laughs> were, you, were you watching about a boy? 
What were you watching by yourself? No, no, no. I, I watched it was, it was in the movie theater in the Sundance Theater. Oh, um, nice. Oh, you went and saw the... Don't the, Think Twice. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. Mm, I mean, and having a movie theater that's right above a Trader Joe's is so cool because you just go in there with a little tote bag and you're just like, I'm going to get a big-ass water. I'm going to get some pita chips and get some hummus. You can get a little wrap. You can get all these little snackies and, and, and go for it. You know when you used to call movie theaters for showtimes before the internet? Mm-hmm. I feel like the Sundance Theater should be like, and we just want to remind you guys that there's a Trader Joe's above us in case you want to sneak in any cheap alcohol. <laughs> All right, we'll see you here. And don't forget to come to the movies. Um, did I mention Pie and Burger is my favorite thing that I ate? Because I have it in my notes and I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that was, we went that there. Was, we went there Friday? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So favorite thing I ate this week was Pineburger hadn't been there in at least two years and forgot that that is by far the most dominantly fantastic yeah, California-style drive through burger that exists. Mm-hmm. And like, sorry, Apple Pan. Sorry, In-N-Out. In Pasadena, California, Pineburger, it's an old-timey classic kind of 60s-style lunch counter spot where you just get an amazing simple burger, really good simple fries, a nice piece of pie. You went fucking rogue. Sorry. You went rogue on me there. <laughs> I got and hash ordered browns. hash browns. That's the bad move. That was wild. Um, but yes, don't get the hash browns. My brother said burger, no fries, pie, and coffee. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. The Stew Podcast is the website. You can follow me on social media at them jeans. Andre Connor has no social media. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.